Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, guys. This week on the podcast, Matt Richardson. No, not the Richmond footballer, the world champion cyclist. This man has great ambition for the Olympics. Coming up this year in Paris, he's aiming to win three gold medals. Uh, he's a great chat. If you don't know cycling, you will after this. If you want to follow along with anything we do, Backchat Studios on YouTube, uh, and you're obviously listening to this as well, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join us on Instagram as well, Backchat Double Underscore. Enjoy. Okay, back chat, powered by Fleet Network, a big year here. Um, look, there's a few things to get off the top. Uh, Dan Const, there is no Dan Const. He's vacant today, but I'm a big boy. I can handle this man by myself. Now, you, you may be tuning into the podcast. Matthew Richardson, you've already had Matthew Richardson on the podcast. Well, I'm here to tell you this is world champion Matt, Matt Richardson, and he is sitting right with me right now. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, we, it is an absolute pleasure here on Back Chat. Um, I know you're well-researched in this one. You were giving me a few pointers on how the setup was, <laughs> and you've just experienced. This is actually round two. We started again. Jaden, great pickup. It could have been in big, big trouble uh, if we had have gone through without the video turned on. But we are here. We are live. Your greatest sporting achievement, not – on the cycling track. I don't want to hear about the velodrome. I don't hear, want to hear about your Com Games gold medals, your world championships. You've been on the podium at multiple world championships. I don't want to – look, look, you're good at cycling, okay? For right now, I don't want to hear about it. I want to know your greatest sporting achievement, not on the bike. You got something for me? I do have something oh, for you, okay. I do, go. I do. I knew good. it was coming. I watched a few, you know. Good. A little bit of research. Great. See what I was in for. What do you got for me? I have got – under 13. Now we're talking. State champs. State champion. Yeah. Flags. Surf lifesaving. <laughs> now, you are talking my absolute language. You are sitting opposite a fellow state champion, under nine flag champion. No way. Yeah, right here. <laughs> Welcome. This is great. I don't even want to talk about cycling. What was your club? Tell me about it. This is like the ultimate. If you don't know what flags is, if you're listening, you're like, what are these boys talking about? It's the ultimate man-to-man, woman-to-woman contact yeah. competitive sport. Yeah. Where did it happen? Okay. Who are you competing for? I can really paint the picture. It Please was, do. It's still like really in there. So wow. Floriat Surf Lifesaving Club. Great. So 
I can go. I can go a little bit back Please. into why I was doing surf lifesaving. Please do. Okay, so moved to Australia when I was nine. Mum thought probably a good idea to kind of get the kids into some sort of surf lifesaving, so that you know we're going to absolutely charge down to the beach every opportunity we get. So yes. figured learn how to not die in that ocean <laughs> that's going to just suck us out and sharks and goodness knows what else. Um, I suck at swimming, so I really kind of. Uh, grasped onto the flags and the beach prints and like that sort of thing. Yes. Um, so that was sort of my forte. Yeah. And then like, I don't want to kind of shit on the club, but oh. we kind of sucked right. at, at a lot of state champs. So that day was, was, uh, was pretty cool. Was it, it was, yeah. Was uh, it a home, home oh, beach yeah. advantage? Oh, no, nah, no, nah, not home Where beach. I think it was Sorrento maybe. Okay. So somewhere north. more north. Yeah. More north. Um, but yeah, it was just a it was just a wild day. Again, if you've never seen a flag competition, like it, it is a rogue sport. You're face down on the sand. You got your hands under your chin. There's a bit of a like athletes ready. Chin down. <laughs> yeah. Go. That's when you like yeah. Then your chin. You're like, but it's an explosive sport, right? Oh, super. So yeah. I mean, you got to push off, turn around, and then leg it, and then dive and grab. Could we draw a long enough bow that? Uh, the beginnings of a world champion cyclist started at Florida Surf Lifesaving Club as a beach flagger. Probably, probably. <laughs> I think I think I showed a lot of explosiveness that day. She said it's an explosive event, so I think they were definitely the uh, the early signs that uh, I'd have that in me. But um, yeah, it was a wild day, and I remember I almost remember every single round, like just knocking them off one by one, and then it was the final me versus one other guy, and we dove for it, sand everywhere. Yes, no one knew where the flag was. It was rolled over. It was in your hand, wasn't it? In my hand. <laughs> Lifted it up. <laughs> and I remember after the podium, like the whole club had, had me like on their shoulders. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then when you like, Honestly, I was like main character out of a movie that day. It was wild. That's unreal. Had like a awards night, like presented me with like right. a gift voucher. And, uh, All right. So we're in proper, pretty crazy. proper good areas here. Yeah. Very good, mate. Now, um, like I want to, I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you today because I, I think uh, people might watch cycling, watch the racing on TV. Never really had a big conversation with someone in the sport. So I'm going to pick your brain. I want you to treat me like an idiot as if I know nothing. Whether or not that's true, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, but before then, you, you, you stole a little bit of my thunder. You weren't born in Australia. You are born – tell the people where you are born, how, you know, how that all came about moving from, from England. Yeah, so I was born in the UK, mm. a small town called Maidstone. It's like southeast of London, I think two hours maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was born there and raised there till I was nine. Moved to Australia for my dad's work. He was uh, relocated. He worked for IKEA. Still does actually. But um, shout out IKEA. Shout out IKEA. <laughs> Some <Sorry laughs> shout out. Um, but yeah, so we moved over for that, and it was it was pretty sick to yeah. be honest. Like, um, yeah, it was all new, and it's tough when you're a kid because you have all your friends at school and that sort of thing. But yeah. I think it was almost easier being that young. You know, you just a bit more brutal at school, and you just make friends, and mm. it's a lot more chill. I think rather than moving over when. I don't know, maybe you've already graduated and you're trying to find work and friends and yeah. I think that kind of thing would be a bit harder, but you're a kid and you just mix in. It sounds like sport, you know, given the flag story, played a fair chunk of your childhood. Like, were you a sporty kid with a sporting family? Yeah, yeah so I did gymnastics. Well, not a sporty family, hmm. but um, yeah, I did gymnastics since I was two. So mum dropped me off at the local gymnastics club. It was more sort of maybe like preschool sort of vibes yes, at that sort like of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just too much energy, like get them out of the house kind of thing, drop them off there, burn, burn some energy off. But um, yeah, so I was doing gymnastics till so I was 14. Right. Started competing when I was four. Any state championships there? 
Uh, yeah, states, nationals. Right. I, I put flags in because I yeah, thought it was. I thought I it was like more it. sick I than just being like, "I'm national gymnastics champion." It's like, <laughs> are, you, uh, yeah, are, that's, that's, are you that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's like that's still yes, like an elite sport. So it like I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really count. National champion, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too far. Too far. Uh, right. So. Like the gymnastics played a big part in your, in your growth. Like yeah. um, again, you, I keep jumping forward, but you, you know, cyclist now, world champion. What's what's that like for? Do you think that played a big part in your development, like oh, physically? A hundred percent. Like I think gymnastics is good to learn a lot of key things, like body coordination, mm. general strength. It teaches a lot of discipline as well. Like it's a pretty brutal sport. Um, quite strict. A lot of hours. Like I was doing thirty six hours a week when I was ten. Yeah, wow. So it's just brutal. Um, but I guess if you come out of it injury-free, you can be obviously really successful. I got injured, which is why I stopped. Right. Um, what sort of injury? Uh, medical term that I don't really understand, but basically the the bone was getting damaged in my elbow. It was like an overuse injury. Right. So I basically had to have 18 months out of the sport to let it recover, which is just such a long time. Like you take two weeks out and you come back and you feel sluggish and uncoordinated and, and all sorts. So it's um, yeah. 18 months was a bit bit too long and – was already doing a bit of cycling on the side just by chance. Are you in? Are you in the gym as a young kid then? Like, and I don't mean like uh, weights gym. Yeah, uh, I that started to come in when I was about 12, 13, I reckon we started doing a bit more targeted work in the gym, uh, just for core, a bit of bench, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, because there's only so much you can do actually in the gym doing all your skills and stuff. It's sort of just a bit more targeted work, but nothing for the legs, like no squats, nothing like that. Yeah. Legs were was small back yeah then. so so yeah i was about to ask that so like gymnasts like you know traditionally would have like a pretty strong upper body yeah so is it when you get injured that you start transitioning to cycling or you like you said there was it was there a crossover yeah so i went to go watch a race at the at the midland speed dome and that, was that, that sounds amazing yeah the speed dome <laughs> <Yeah>. move yourself <laughs> um and yeah there was a lady going around kind of scouting people in uh, to the sport and their club night, shout out Midland Cycle Club, was Wednesday night and that was the only night I had off gymnastics. So right. I don't know how I did it, but like now I, I, there's no way, but I had, was training 36 hours a week and I thought, you know what, the one night I have off a week, I'll feel charging around a velodrome as well. Right. Um, so yeah, I did that and that was probably, I'm going to say about six months before I stopped gymnastics. So I was doing that, a bit of talent ID here and there on a couple of other nights. And then gymnastics stopped on a Friday afternoon in the doctor's office and I was cycling Monday morning full-time. Well, full-time, but right. full focus. Because, yeah, I was going to ask like how cycling comes about and how you get into the sport. I know like there's – it seems like a sport that there's a lot of different pathways. Like it's very different to an AFL or a cricket or a soccer yeah. where it's like, you know, these kids are bred from two years old. Like everyone rides a bike when they're, you know, a couple of years old, but yeah. not many take the professional cycling route. Yeah. So like – the gym to cycling works for you, but like, how do you think, like, where do you think the interest side of things came? Like, was the competition element? Racing I, yeah. People? Yeah. I'm a super competitive person yeah. with anything. Yeah. There's a ball game or we go bowling or I don't know, backyard cricket, whatever it is. It's yeah. like full gas. So I think that's always kind of been in my blood and um, it was a fun sport. Like yeah. when, when you start, like it's just 45 degree banking corners and it just is exhilarating. Like it's, yes. it feels pretty crazy to just have the space that's literally a circle to just ride your bike as fast as you can. You know, there's no, there's no traffic, there's no, nothing in your way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where it, where the draw was, was just the speed. What was the, 
like what were you I'm just not trying to think is it my put my parents hat on like with mum and dad happy with you racing like it looks like a dangerous sport yeah it's it's pretty sketchy at times um and so as a kid or as a you know 14 year old is that is that go maddie like are we doing that <laughs> or are we like dropping you off and we're like please don't hurt yourself <laughs> yeah a bit of both bit yeah. of both like that dad dad frosts it yeah but mum struggles to watch i think even now like really and elite kieran final we're all going like 80k an hour touching yeah. shoulders and stuff so it's a bit a bit gnarly you know we're wearing lycra so it's there's nothing protection. there's nothing between you and and, and the wood yeah. um so yeah mum struggles to watch a little bit but full support but also nervous that uh something bad might happen what's that pathway like then from uh midland uh i was gonna say power dome what was it <laughs> power dome sick actually Speed dome. no what is if it? i have a velodrome i'm calling it the power dome <laughs> so what's the what's the pathway from midland wednesday nights in between gymnastics to you know, a pre, pretty reasonable standard of cycling perhaps like your scholarships or yeah okay what, what's that how do you do that so if I remember correctly, it was Wednesday night, like you said. And then there was this sort of TID program that was run on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That still runs. Right. Like that's still a thing that they do every year is try and bring more people into sport through TID. Right. Um, like talent identification. Talent yeah. identification. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it. So um, I got, I don't know if like we applied or I got picked up through the club or, or the uh, coaches of the clubs kind of put riders forward or, or how it actually worked out. But I did that. And then once cycling, uh, sorry, gymnastics stopped, it was obviously full focus on cycling. And yes. then somewhere along the lines, I ended up making like a state team to go to nationals and that sort of thing. And then you start putting like times on the board, selection times for like a waste scholarship or right. things like that. So that's kind of how it came about. Like I went to nationals in 2016, I think mm -hmm. it was, 2015 maybe. And hold it it. Like how old are you then? I was 16. Yeah. Yeah. So it was under 17 nationals. That was, that was my first national champs. Right. Was under 17s. Um, and then kind of did some times that were pretty good. And then the following year, we're kind of stepping up into the under 19 ranks, which yes. is where you can go to like junior worlds and that sort of thing. So that's when they start to put athletes in waste, yeah. um, which is obviously the Western Australian Institute of Sports. So um, that's kind of where it takes off. Once you get in waste, it's like the sky's the limit. At what point did you know you were good? <sighs> Probably when I got into waste. Right. I think that was it. Like once, once I started to kind of, get an opportunity where I was going to be able to train at an institute and get things mm. given to me and flights paid for and things like that. Like that's when you kind of have the realization that like, this is going pretty good. Mm. Obviously you're still at school at that time. So it's like, you're like, you're not just like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, but you're, <laughs> you're going to give it a fair crack. And I think, like I said, like that's when the door is just wide open. Yeah. And if you just really grasp on with two hands, it can really take you a long way. Do you think it's at that stage when you're realizing, okay, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Uh, do you think uh, you spoke about your development as, as a gymnast and your physical side, but how much is it talent? Is it, is it physical? Is it mental? Like, can you break down like what makes a good cyclist, especially at an early age? Oh, at an early age. I think at an early age, it's like almost a hundred percent talent. Really? Yeah, I think so. Like I kind of sucked. Like I got into waste, but I wasn't that good. Right. Like I, I was good at, um, my role in in the team sprint and we can get into all the races yeah and stuff we're going later, to but, don't worry um like in the individual stuff like i was pretty bad like at that under 17 nationals like i finished nowhere in anything right like it i wasn't that good i was just kind of all right mm. um and there was a lot of other guys that were super talented like we all kind of work hard we all enjoy riding our bike but you're not at you know at 16 years old you're not like yeah 
like an absolute man of a mind. You right, know what I mean? Right, like you're right. still a kid and you're going to school, like I said, and you're kind of just charging around. Yes. So I think at the beginning, it's almost all talent. It's pretty cool that you're still just riding your bike, like at, as a 16 year old nationals. Like, yeah. in the end, if you break it right down, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sort of like, again, other sports where he's kicking your footy with your mates. Or, I mean, or even now, I just ride bikes <laughs> in circles. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's nothing really much more than that, no, to be honest. I'm underselling a little bit there. Okay, so, well, so when does the transition happen between, okay, talent to, I'm assuming, hard work, mentality? Yeah. Like, how do you, when, when does that happen? When you start getting that waste scholarship and you start competing at higher yeah. levels? I think it happens at a different point for most people or for everyone. Like mm. for me, I was always quite underdeveloped. Like I don't know if it was because of gymnastics and that physically. sort of thing. Yeah, physically. Like I'm not a massive person. So um, I, everything I've got, I've had to work really hard for. Like when I got into waste as a 16-year-old, I was only like 48 kilos. Like I was I was tiny. Holy like I'm, I'm like almost double that now. Uh-huh. I think I actually am double that now. Uh-huh. So um, it's... For me, it was really hard. Like, and I, for me, it was under 19s basically. So I came through as a first year and started to get pretty good. Right. Once I started to kind of develop, you know, go through solid stages of, of puberty and that sort of thing, that's mm. when it really started to accelerate for me. That's when the kilos went on in the gym and kilos went on on the body as well. And, and that's sort of where it really started to take off. And like, flick, and that, flick that's when, that's when the hard work started. So talk to me about cycling. Um, Let's break some events down. So you're into racing, you're doing all that, understand all that. Tell me about some of the events. So you're a sprinter. Yeah. You're not you're not riding in the Tour de France. Classic people, question people ask me. I know well. you're not. I know you're not. Classic. But you're a sprinter, right? Yeah. So tell us about the events that, you know, you really specialize in and what, what you're good at. Um, maybe Kieran sprint, team sprint. Oof, Let's go with those. I know a little bit. That's pretty good. So tell us about what those races are, how they're different. I know it's a bit of an extended chat, but I think yeah. it's important. Okay, yeah. So uh, in sprint cycling, you have, uh, or sprint track cycling, you have four main events. Um, the team sprint, which we'll start with. So yeah. that's that's three riders. Uh, you'll start together and you do one lap each. So the first person is going to do one lap. The second person will overall do two laps. And the third person will do three laps. And so, is there like a set rule or do they? Yeah, you have, there's like a specific point right. you have to change over, swing out the way, let you the other rider through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. can't do any more or less. Everyone's changing the exact same spot. You right. can't be ahead of that person by what's called the pursuit line, which is the red line in, in, right. in the home and back straight. Um, so, yeah, we all start together. It's kind of hard to imagine until you actually watch it, but we yes. all start together. Someone's in the blocks. Yeah, someone's in the, in the gate. Yeah, mm. and the other two people are just handheld. So yeah, the position one just as the fastest. It, well, each lap is 250 meters as well. I'll say that. So That's good. On, on a That's standard important. race track, it's 250 meters. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> uh, there's other tracks, 333s and stuff like that, but 250 is the standard. Right. Um, so yeah, position one does 250 meters. Position two will do 500. Uh, so one lap on the front um, for them. And then position three will do 750 meters. And it's the fastest time at the end of the three laps. As number three in that race, I'm assuming you're not cruising for the first two laps. That depends who you are. Right. Right. Depends but, how easy it is to get on. But there there'd be a certain like discrepancy in I'm assuming the number one guy has like really good in acceleration. Correct. Heavy sprint, whereas the number three, more endurance, yeah. Lasts a little longer, but still needs to be able to like bring it home. Yeah. So here's here's where all the different there's like lots of different ways to kind of fill together a team sprint and you do it with obviously the riders that you've got. Mm. But ideally you have the most explosive person in position one yes. with the least amount of endurance. Yep. And then you have a bit of a hybrid in between 
right, where they've got a lot of explosive capability because they need to get on to the, to the wheel of position right. one. You need right. to be in that slipstream. Yes. And position three also needs to do that, but needs to do a whole nother lap yes. on what position two is doing. So yes. you get sort of a natural spread, which is what we've got. We've basically got the most explosive guy in one, me in two, and we've got two people for the position three spot because it's so hard you kind of sub in and out of competition. And you were a world champion in this in 2022? Yeah, uh, yeah, 2022. Correct. Correct? Yeah, last year, yeah. Silver medalist this year, 2023. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit grim, but it's right. it was a bit better than third, a bit better yeah. than fourth, a yeah. bit better than last, yeah, mate. Exactly, so just exactly. Don't We're still going all right. So, right. Going so right. that is the event, yeah. world champion in. Yeah. You get the rainbow. Yeah, what are they the Rambo jersey, yeah. 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 So you get you're the world champs for that year. Yeah, and you get to wear it in training and just flex it all year, basically. Unreal. It's a very niche thing to cycling, but it goes across all all disciplines. So if that's BMX or mountain bike or gravel or yes. the road race or whatever, yes. it's just like the recognized you are the world champion that year. So you've started with Team Sprint. I gave you a few options, but you've started there. Is that yeah. your, your favorite? Is that your- That's what is the best bang for buck. If you've got the guys... Right. That's the best bang for buck. It's like going into an exam that you know all the answers for. There's right. no tactics. There's no decision-making. There's none of that. It's just go as fast as you can as a team. Right. Right? Against the clock. Uh-huh. Like there's – obviously, we're going to sprint in Kieran, but then a lot of outside factors can happen that right. are completely out of your control right. that can just ruin the race even if you are the fastest guy. Right. So um, eight teams qualify for the Olympics in the team sprint, so you basically have a one-in-eight chance of winning it, right. whereas the sprint in Kieran is 32. Like, okay. so there's 32 people and it's an individual, obviously, not an individual race. Is cycling a team sport? It is in a team sprint. Mm. But it's, I, I see it as like, we're all teammates. Yes. And we all get along so good. Like it's, we actually have a really good culture at the moment. Like it's absolutely thriving. Got great depth yeah. right now. Oh Australia, yeah, and right? great depth yeah. for sure. Um, But I see it as three individuals that sort of come together. Yes. To work as a team. Yeah. Because then you, you go away and you separate and you do end up racing each other hmm. in the sprint and the Kieran. So it's um, you're not going to have a good team sprint team if you're not a team. Yes. But you have to accept the fact that you are going to try and rip each other's heads off the next day <laughs> in the sprint <laughs> tournament or that sort of thing. So yeah. it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. Because, right, so it's an individual sport, right? Yeah. And so, like, I, I do like that you've started with the team sprint, though, and, and I, again, a little bit of knowledge. Like, uh, does, it, does it feel just as good winning a team sprint as it does a sprint? Like, having other people around you to – high five and give a hug to, like that must be pretty, that must feel good. Yeah, the camaraderie is yeah. a pretty good feeling. Like when you achieve something together, it's a pretty special feeling. Like you all see how much effort we all put in all year. Yes. You know, you're watching the guy next to you try and squat as much as he can and, and the other guy as well and, and you train together and you try and build each other up. Yes. And when it comes off as a team, it's, yeah, it's sick. Like what's that moment like? Like a world champions. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. The best in the world. Yeah. What's it was, that like? It, well, yeah. If you watch the replay back, I was in absolute bits. So I was just struggling to like even walk. What were you, one, two, or three? I was position two. Right. Yeah. The hybrid. Yeah, the hybrid. Um, yeah, because we end up doing three team sprints in like an hour and a half. Wow. Which is like the equivalent of doing like a, maybe like a 400-meter runner. Yep. Doing three of them in an hour and a half. Wow. Like you just absolutely destroyed, yep. um, which I was. So it felt amazing. Like you celebrate, like both hands off the bars, the crowd's cheering. You're like, yes. And then you come in and then it just, oh, well, it hits you. Lactic. Oh, bad. Both <laughs> legs cramps. feels like both my femurs are like snapped in half. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it hits me real hard. I don't know what it is. Like I don't know 
Like I used to be position one. So I used to be the explosive guy, which I still obviously have. But I think the hybridness comes from just like grit. Yeah. So it just like I can push myself into like this another dimension and it just is bad. So it felt incredible, but then also felt horrendous at the same time. Yes. But um, yeah, like I barely made the podium after that. Like I was just on the floor in pieces, just chucking water on my head. So let's get to to the sprint then. So the sprint – would it be fair to say, like in you know, athletics terms, like the hundred meters is kind of like the the blue ribbon event? Is this the blue? Is is this yeah. like the this is the one, right? This is the holy grail. Yep, I think because the Kieran's good, but because there's more people, there's a lot more that can go on. Whereas sprint is that's the one v one. Yep. So the sprint starts off by doing a flying two hundred meter qualifying. So it's basically you try and do two hundred meters of the track in as fast amount of time as possible. Right. Which means you end up using a lot of the track. You go up high. You dive down late and try and maximize the it's speed like off flying, the banking. Like yeah, that's server. why we call it the flying one. <clears throat> you get basically three laps to set the time, yep. and it's the last 200 meters that are clocked. So it's basically do that last 200 meters right. as fast as you can. Great. That creates a seating. Right. So fastest through to slowest or the slowest qualifier, which is normally about 32, right. top 32 qual. Then what happens is it goes into rounds. So the fastest will verse the slowest, second, yada, 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 all right. the way through. When it gets to quarterfinals, so there's – Eight? There'll be eight people left. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be best of three. So, yeah. uh, and so our, the actual sprint race is three laps as well, but it's just a 1v1. Yes. Like that's the ones where it's all real slow and everyone's kind of cat like and mouse, pushing people up, people people up yep. and looking around and right. cat and mouse, that uh, sort of thing. I want to talk yeah. about this one. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. This is that a lot of tactics. In this yes. One. Um, and then, yeah, it goes all the way through. So one, once it gets to quarters, it's best of three. Yep. So obviously you have to win two out of three. Um, and then it goes into semis and then the winners go through. So the, if you get knocked out in the quarters, you're out. Right. Basically there's no racing for anything under fourth. Yes. Basically if you get knocked out, you're then seated on how fast you were in qualifying. Yes. So then once you get into the top four, it's semifinals and finals. So one will verse four, two will verse three and the winners go through the gold write off and the losers are fighting for bronze and fourth. So you are reigning Commonwealth Games champion in this event. Yeah. You are uh, 2022 silver medal. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happened last year. Last year, last year was 20, last year I came second. Sorry. This, and th- year. this year I kind of cooked it. Okay. Kind of cooked All it. All right, well, let's stay away from that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can go into it, but no, I, I'm well, not hiding from it. We can. No, exactly. <laughs> so we can, but just making the point to our listeners, you can do this event quite well. Yeah. So I've got a few questions. The tactic side of things, how much is that versus like talent, speed, strength? Like um, this this has more, obviously more tactics than the yeah. team sprint. Oh, yeah. Team sprint has none, basically. Yeah. So um, I think it was a pretty clear answer to that question at commies where the guy who I qualified – or the guy who was versing in the final qualified yes. a tenth and a half quicker than me, which sounds like nothing. How, okay, how much is that? Like, so a blink, a blink is 0.3 of a second, right. and it was 0.15 quicker than me. However, right. two tenths in a flying 200, so still less than a blink of yes. an eye, is like almost a guaranteed W. Right. Like it's just like I think it's about a K an hour extra like speed. a bike length. Yeah, it's about yeah, it's about a bike length. Yeah. Which is hard to come hard to come back from in a sprint race. Had an argument with our resident cyclist in here, Indy, before this uh, chat we had, Maddie, and I think I said point three was a bite length, and she was trying to tell me point one. So it's yeah, yeah, it's it's about that. It's okay. about it, it depends how fast you right. Running. So if someone's beating you in a you know you know yeah. by bite length, that's a big yeah. distance in a sprint. Right? It's it's a that's a lot of extra horsepower that yeah. they've got. 
Like it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. So the guy you're versing in the com games has that on you basically. Yeah. Yeah. So how'd you been? Shit, shit tactics. Like I just absolutely hustled the bloke. Like it was What's tell me what that is. What is it what's shit tactics involved? So basically like he left the door open, which is where I've gone underneath him late in the race. Okay. And then it's basically too late for him to come back. Once I've absolutely dumped it. Right. Like he just like I said, I was an explosive athlete, still am, but um that's my greatest strength is my acceleration. So once I got under him within it was about a lap to go and I've just absolutely booted it. Right. Um and then he just wasn't able to get back on terms. So you always are you always trying to hold front position, or is it change between who you're racing? Is it, you're it's trying hard. To stay high, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot, right? Yeah, there's a lot going on. Like it depends who you're racing and what their strengths are. Like ultimately, you always try to ride to your strengths, right? And then on top of that, try ride against their strengths mm. at the same time. Um, so his strength is not acceleration. Yes. He's he's a rider from Trinidad and Tobago, so they don't have a lot of depth. He's incredible, incredible athlete, but mm. they don't have a team sprint team, so he doesn't need to really train his excel the same to the same level as what I can or right. do. Um, so I knew that was his probably biggest weakness. So I left the race pretty slow, um, forced him into a mistake, which was leaving the door open. Basically, he's looking left, he's looking right. I'm all over the place behind him. Uh, How do you make the race slow? You don't push him. If you're on the back, right. you just don't inject any speed. Right. They can't. They can go, he could just they go, can go right. as hard as you can. But then I'm just going to follow him, right. be in his draft. And then pass him. I love, so you waste a lot of energy just I, doing that. I love watching this. This without ever speaking to you, I love watching this um, through Olympic games and com games and any cycling I watch because it looks like it's just like ultimate mind games. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is there is there any trash talk? It's like it's, <laughs> is there any talk? <laughs> nah, before? not really. Not really. Right. I've kind of wanted to get into a little bit of it at right? some point. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I like, like that. Like me and a guy called Harry LeRace and have a pretty big rivalry at the moment. He's the guy who I raced at Track Champions League last year, which okay. is another another race. But what nationality is he? He's Dutch. Okay. He's Dutch, yeah. Big They're cycling nation. Right, yep. Big cycling nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like almost want to like get into a bit of like bit of trash talk. Well, like, like just to kind of hype it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, like, it's even, a bit of fun. Look, I, I don't know what it's like to do what you do, <laughs> but like rock, rock, paper, scissors, right? <laughs> if you're like head to head with someone yeah. and you're like, I'm going rock. Yeah. And you look him in the eye and then you can either go wrong yeah. and you fuck yeah. to their mind yeah. Yeah. and then the next time around. So yeah. I'm just thinking, like you, you walk into the you, – you're next to each other when you start this race. Yeah. You're not on the other sides of the track. Yeah. A little whisper out the side of the mouth, hey, I'm coming under you, big fella. Yeah. This one's going to be a slow one. I want to see you do It would always be good to learn a little bit of Dutch. Just <laughs> have a couple words to him in, in Dutch and he's a bit spooked. I don't know like, why. I, I Step brothers like, just came to my mind. Yeah. It's like Germans coming to us. Sprechen Sie dick, Derek. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. <laughs> uh, you should do that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So team sprint. Okay. And this is something that you've mastered. Has it been something that you felt like time in the gym and and training has helped or have you got better with like race day? Like there's a big difference between training and, and, and racing. Yeah. What, what's made you better at this? I think it's mainly been training. Like – we race a lot and I think I've got it pretty nailed. Like I just need as much horsepower as possible. Right. Like like that day at Commies, like I just overcame him with tactics. So I think as long as I've got the horsepower, <clears throat> then I think I can take it to, to almost anybody. Um, right. So yeah, I think the year after the Olympics is when I kind of moved into position two for team sprint, which is slightly different training yep. uh, as I do have to sprint longer and that sort of thing, which does help in the individual stuff in yes. races and doing like, I think at commies I did like 13 races that day. Wow. Like it was full on. That's um, crazy. Yeah. It was so much. Um, Too much. Uh, that, or that's just, it's just look, it, 
it's it's just part of it. Like right. you just got to do the qualifying, and get through all the rounds. Like there's just there's that amount of competition. Like you just to right. be the best, you have to beat everybody else. So I think it's um it's just part of it. At the Olympics, the sprints actually spread out over three days, which is really nice. But at events like Commonwealth Games or maybe like World Cups, it's it's all jammed into one just because of a tight schedule. It um you know visually watching you guys race, like you're massive athletes, like big qualities, big like big guys, right? Yeah. Um, I think like the the perception would be well, it's just all power, but it's sounding like you need endurance, like to an extent, to yeah. be able to back it up, to be able to recover. To yeah, is is it is that with about a fair? Yeah, hundred percent. Like we do a lot of work in the gym, just mm. trying to get as big as possible. Like to create the maximum amount of power on the bike, you basically just need to be as or have the most amount of lean mass in your legs as possible. Upper body is a bit controversial. If if you get too big in your upper body it, it limits your power to weight right. um so you obviously end up just being heavier so you obviously need a bit to be able to hold the bike stable while you're trying to produce yes that that maximum amount of power um but you don't want too much of it because like i said it's, it's weight and it's also extra drag as well the bigger you are the the bigger hole in the wind you're pushing which right. also slows you down it so, sounds like there's a lot of like if you do this then this happens, yeah. if you, you know, like yeah. a lot of levers that yeah. if you pull one lever, yeah. something else is happening. Yeah. You can't Definitely. just go, oh, okay, I'm nah. just going to get the biggest possible. Nah. Well, it, that, and that's it. Like we need to get as big as possible, but then we're also trying to train endurance to be actually yes. able to ride bikes fast. Now we don't need a lot of it. The maximum amount we'll ride is, is about three laps. Yes. So you don't got to be able to back it up. Amount, but again, you need to be able to do 13 in a day yes. kind of thing. So you can't just be a gym junkie. Like you, you need to be, somewhat athletic yes as well like um it's 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 a balance it's a balance of doing if you do too much track it kind of ruins your gym gains and if you do too much gym and not enough track then you're kind of just slow so what do you like what do you like race day are you confident are you nervous um i'm pretty good i'm pretty good i struggled to eat breakfast that day but other than that i'm pretty good <laughs> pretty right? good. yeah i was telling indy about it the other day what happened oh just smoothie i'm a big smoothie man okay a big smoothie easy man. to get down just Good amount of calories, good amount of carbs, get it down quick. It's a liquid. Yes. Um, until it decides to come back up right. as soon as it gets down, which is, it's grim. I don't know what it is. Just like wake up on race day and it's just like, nah, you're not going to eat today, man. Right. But so, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it. Right. But so I it's weird. I don't feel nervous. So it's, it's weird. Right. So you're like a, you're just a spewer. <laughs> oh, big time. When I race, it's game over. Yeah. I d really? Yeah. Is that common? Like the decide the sprinters yeah, just spew? Yeah, because it's we can push so far past what we should be able to. Right. Because we have to. Like if we have to cover a short amount of distance in the shortest amount of time possible, you have to extract absolutely everything. Right. Which is all we do on a daily basis. Yes. So we can kind of push past that ceiling and just go above and beyond into kind of what our bodies tolerate. Um then and then it's yeah, gonna come. I, I yak a lot. <laughs> Yeah, a lot, a lot. Put that as the tile yeah. of the YouTube That we just said, I yak a lot. Uh, now, okay, so, the, so we got Team Sprint, Sprint, yeah. Kieran. Yeah. Now, tell our listeners, our audience, our viewers, what is the Kieran? Because I think it's a beautiful thing. The uh, Kieran is fantastic. I, 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 look, it looks it looks like it's somewhat fun, but like aggressive, dangerous, yeah. all of that yeah. in the same thing. Yeah. What is it? So the Kieran is a six-lap race. You'll start like side by side. So basically pick a, name out, uh, pick a number out of a hat. Right. That's your starting order. Then the Derny, or it's basically a motorcycle, so comes a, through underneath you. There's a guy on a motorbike. Guy on a motorbike. Yeah. 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 Guy on a motorbike. The traditional is like this little 
pedal bike with like a little two-stroke engine that sounds quite funny yes. now they're obviously into like electric bikes and that sort of thing but he picks you up the gun goes you go off you all sit behind him for three laps right it's like the pressure's building like you're just sitting there going about 50k an hour fighting position no nah, not allowed can't. to do that anymore you used to be able to just fight off the line right but they're just like nah so you come off your where you've picked the numbers out yeah. and you kind of go into that position yeah so so you pick numbers before you go up onto the track yep roll up onto the track one starts at the bottom two three four five six all the way up to the top what do you want middle front back. so we actually we actually worked it out like we've got like every Kieran ever done and uh, basically have like spreadsheet run it through ai basically yeah, yeah and like what's the best position basically and it's generally closer to the front like you don't get as much success from the back but we'll, we'll get into that we'll okay into good that. so you're following this guy around on a motorbike yeah i've got the best job ever yeah he's just cruising around. yeah they're just cruising around work up to about 50k an hour from 30 so three laps you kind of increased about 15 20k an hour right and then he here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. He drops you off and it's just three laps to go. Right. Every man for themselves. Right. So yeah, six guys. You get up to about 80 plus K an hour. Wow. Um, sometimes you're passing people like four wide because obviously it's bank corner. So you end up obviously stacking up. And, so the higher and you get, pass. the more dangerous it is? Well, the higher you get, the further distance you ride. Okay. So is it's it more dangerous? You feel like you're just dismissing Oh, that. it's just dangerous anywhere, to be honest. Like it's <laughs> just a dangerous sport. Um, but yeah, definitely being sandwiched in between people is is not a fantastic spot to be in for safety. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's just... Uh, the bike goes, here you go, here's 50K an hour, and then everyone else, uh, good luck. So you were, you were silver medalist in the world champs this year? Yeah, correct, yeah. In this one? And yeah. like you said, this is got- Redemption from the sprint. Yeah, correct, right. So you're angry with this one. <laughs> this has got the most variance. So if we've got team yeah. sprint, no variance. Yeah. Sprint, there's some tactics. Yeah. This one, anything can happen. Yeah, because like you have a plan, like you know who's in the race, you know who's qualified for say. It's, it's similar where sprint, where it kind of- the start of the day isn't done by a qualification or anything like that. You're kind of put into Kieran's based off maybe like your UCI ranking, which is like your, your basically your cycling ranking. Yes. Uh, and then you go through like top two go through and then it kind of whittles down to a six-man final. Right. Um, and then, yeah, you know who's going to be in it, what their sort of capabilities are. Are they sort of that explosive athlete? Are they someone who can go longer, sprint earlier, more endurance, that sort of thing? So you kind of come into it with a plan of, what you'd like to execute, what you think they're poor at executing, see if you can expose them. But anything can happen. Right. None of that can happen. Right. The guy who you think is going to go long might not go. Yeah, so it's just racing. It's just it's just put yourself in the best position possible. <laughs> yeah. But basically, a, a good rule of thumb is with one lap to go, be first or second wheel. Yeah. You want to be able to yeah. win. win. If, if you're sixth 
and everyone's going full gas. You can't come around five people going 80k an hour. Right. Like it's just too much distance to make up. It's physically impossible. But everyone wants to do that, which makes it, you know what I mean? Like every- yeah, well, everyone's trying to do similar yeah. sort of shit. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great one to watch. So, so you were, you know, silver world champs. How's yeah. that? How's that race go? It was good. It? Yeah, it was actually really good. Yeah. It was actually really good. So I'm behind. Ah, who was I behind? Maybe we're, can't remember where I was. Yeah. I've ended up being behind Harry. So he's the Dutch fella. 13-time world champ or something like that. Fuck Ridiculous. Harry. Ridiculous. I don't yeah, like Harry. Right. <laughs> you don't have to say it. I don't, like I don't even know Harry. <laughs> so you're behind Harry. Yeah, he's behind Harry. He's gone pretty hard, like two laps to go. I'm in like box seat. Right. So I'm basically a little strip slipstream. Yeah, yeah. I've got a bit of a slipstream. I'm letting him go a little bit to give myself a bit of breathing room behind him to kind of run out his wheel in case a rush comes from behind. So I'm basically managing him. He's kind of looking at me. I'm looking at all the people behind me. Um, they're trying to come around. I'm kind of starting to like fight with them a little bit to kind of like you can get your elbows out of it. Oh uh, yeah, land on a few. It's people. not like in the rules like you're allowed yeah, to do this. You're not. Really, yeah, it, it just happened. It's just racing. You know, it, <clears throat> right. it's racing. But so have a bit of a tussle with someone coming behind, and then. I actually am looking pretty good. One lap to go, I'm in second wheel. The guy in front of me is dying. Harry's dying. Right. So I start booting it around him through that first corner. And then out of nowhere, Colombian comes from the sky. So he actually did come from the back. Wow. Started, started moving like a lap and a half to go and just created like so much momentum. And the rest of us were almost sitting ducks. So I come around Harry, but he ends up rolling around me. So he wins. I get second. And then I think a Japanese fellow also got around Harry. So Harry's off the podium. Sucked, sucked in Harry. <laughs> so Harry got, Harry got fourth that race. But... um. Yeah, it was it was just a bit of redemption from uh, from the sprint tournament, and it was a good way to finish worlds. It's uh, all right. That's a good synopsis of what we're doing there. So sprint team sprint, Kieran. Yeah. Is that what? Uh, so if we look ahead now, so world champs were in August. Yeah. Um, twenty twenty four Olympics. Is that the next big event, or have you got some stuff in between? Yeah. Yeah. So I fly to Europe on Saturday to race the event called UCI Track Champions good. League. Can we so give a little shout out? The back chat might be making an appearance. Oh, back chat's making an appearance. Holy shit! Yeah. I'm actually pretty excited about yeah. it. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it's gonna be on my quad. Is it? Yeah, it's gonna be on the side of my quad. <sighs> it's a big spot. It's a big spot. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so keep an eye out on socials yeah. for back chat making yeah. an appearance on yeah. Pat Richardson's quad. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's over in Europe. Yeah. Some of that stuff. Yeah. So raced that last year. Actually won that last year. That was the one that Harry and I were kind of going head to head. Yes. Um, it's it's one race every weekend and it's uh, like a different place in Europe. So it starts off in Mallorca on a Saturday and then Berlin, uh, Paris, and then a doubleheader in London for a Friday and Saturday. So is that Paris uh, the same track you'd same race in the track. Olympics? Yeah, same track as the Olympics, yeah. So you get through this stuff. I want to talk about the Olympic preview yeah. because I, like I do, like you know, whether it's, you know, too honest or not. Like I think a lot of people tune into cycling for the Olympics, right? Yeah, because for sure, it's when people's yeah. eyes on it that aren't cycling yeah. fans. So, what's your build up like into the twenty twenty four Paris Olympics? So, after Czech Champions League, um, I've actually got a World Cup here in, or not here, but in Australia, in Adelaide. Good. Um, so that's sick. We don't have to fly anywhere. Normally, we're always carting over to Europe to try and race. You're, you're based out of Adelaide? Yeah, we're based out of Adelaide. The whole cycling program's based out of there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the endurance riders train in Europe and stuff like that on the road, but the sprint team is is pretty much there all, all year round. Um, so yeah, World Cup there, which is sick. Kick off the year. Yeah. And then national championships a few weeks after that. That's just kind of go and just polish up on some tactics against, against the Aussie guys. Yes. Uh, and then after that, we've got another World Cup in Hong Kong. So basically the World Cup's used for obviously race experience, that sort of thing, but qualification points. So yes. you can't race the Olympics if you haven't actually qualified, if you haven't actually got enough points. So have you qualified? So uh, we're looking very good. Good. So I'm ranked one in the Kieran, 
ranked two in the sprint in the world. Yeah, right. And ranked the team's quite good. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it's just, it's pretty good. <laughs> Could be better, yeah. but not too bad. Right. So um, right. So one in the sprint. No, no one in the Kieran. One in the Kieran. Yep. Uh, it's actually switched. Last year I was actually no, that's incorrect. Last year I was one in sprint and one in Kieran. And then Harry's managed to snatch the sprint away from me. So Harry's won in sprint. He's lucky. Yeah. He's lucky. But he's like sixth in Kieran, so it's all right. That's good. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So World Cups. Yep. And then after that, it's basically just a 20-week build into the Olympics. So just a lot of time to train, make sure you're doing everything right, a lot of consistency, yes. and just build in. We'll do a pre-Olympic camp in Portugal, get over to Europe, kind of get acclimatized a little bit as it will be summer there and winter here and that sort of thing, jet lag. And then um, – and then just Olympics. So this will be your second Olympics. You're at the yeah. Tokyo 2020. Yes. Um, do you look back on that experience and and forward focus for this upcoming one? And what can you do better? What can I don't know? What could go wrong? I don't know. Last year went pretty wrong. Right. So last year I came into it and just basically cooked my back, like right. bad, like similar to you after the return. From oh, uh, <laughs> back back into the one Eagles. of the great returns, sporting <laughs> moments. If we just want to take our focus off world champions and <laughs> playing in the waffle, getting done by 100 points. Uh, yeah, right. So you broke your back. I broke my back, right? Bad, right? So it was kind of just a little niggle that came in and then just built like Olympic pressure. You want to keep training, you want to keep pushing, trying to do the maximum, but it just ended up getting worse and worse and worse. A few quarters of injections later, and I was just full rest mode. So right. I just didn't have the base coming in. Um, I did race all events. So I raced team sprint, sprint and Kieran, but sucked pretty bad. Right. The Kieran was okay, but, um, the team sprint, we got fourth bit, bit grim. We've got mm. fourth at last five Olympics. Is yeah. that right? So we're looking to change that this time. Yeah. Is that on, is that like a top of priorities for you? Yeah. Well, team sprints, like I said, cause only eight teams qualify yes. and there's like 32 in the individual stuff and there's no tactics. It's like the main event. As long as you're like, good like if we were eighth fastest team sprint team then i'd probably be like more focused on sprinting kieran yes just for a solo mission but yes. the team sprint for us is obviously like we're top one two with the dutch and the other teams aren't super close at the moment so that's what we're coming in to win competing for your country um like the olympics obviously world champs is that is that special for you because not, like not yeah. many people get to do that yeah it's pretty crazy like like it really set in last time when I'd obviously gotten injured and it basically went up all the way until like the day before, like my back was still playing up and whether or not I'd race or not was still kind of up in the air. And I think that was really like a wow moment of like how badly I want to represent my country at the Olympics. Like mm. if I get, if I got this far and missed out like the day before would have been grim. Right. It's, it's sick. Like, mm. like you say, just representing your country on the world stage and at the highest level at the Olympics as well is just, no better feeling really is there like and you can just be like no don't ask me that but like you were born in england yeah like how does that work a lot of people ask me this so. yeah well, like yeah. it's interesting like yeah well track cycling actually first came into my life when i watched chris hoy at the beijing olympics so i, I watched chris hoy. yeah yeah right. watched him live win the kieran in beijing right mom was like do you know who that is i was like nah that's chris hoy and i was like sick <laughs> So parents have actually really liked track cycling for a while, I think. Um, so that was sort of my first touch in track cycling, but it's just been all Aussie. Yes. You know what I mean? Like track cycling for me didn't start until I was in Australia. Right. I didn't start competing internationally until I was in Australia for a while. So like 
I'm Australian. Did you have a choice? Like, was there a choice to make? Um, after Junior Worlds, it was a bit up in the air, like, because I hadn't competed at, a, at an international mm. level as an elite rider. I could just swap. Right. So I was waiting to see if I did get picked up by the national team and how long the process was going to look. And if kind of the doors were shut for whatever reason, then I may have looked elsewhere, but they didn't. They opened up mm. straight away basically as soon as Junior Worlds I th- Well, I think it's pretty cool. Like, it's unique, right? Yeah. It wouldn't be like a lot of people. Nah, well, and it's not like the Brits suck. You know what I mean? It's not as if like, mm. um, I don't know, going to a country that kind of doesn't really have a good cycling base or something like that. Like um, it's an interesting dynamic where both kind of options are like really competitive environments. And why are the why are the countries that are good at cycling good at cycling? So Australia's good, Great Britain's good, yeah. Netherlands are good. Yeah. Like the USA is good. Like they're quite, yeah. like like yeah. yeah. They have been good yeah. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So like why? Like why are those countries good? It's a very um how do I say this? Like technologically advanced sport. Right. So if you've got a decent amount of money, a decent amount of funding, you'll do pretty good. Right. You need you need riders coming through. Like you can't just have an amazing bike and then have someone's dad on it. Like it has to be <laughs> scowy riding around <laughs> the village. <laughs> like it has to be an elite athlete. But if you have the talent ID and right. if you have the motions in place to kind of bring people through and then the money to put them on good equipment, you're gonna have a pretty good, pretty good time at it. I think there's a few nations that that has actually been brought up recently. Like um, the Trinidad and Tobago fella, another guy from Suriname, um, wow. are actually really good as well. So they train in Switzerland at a UCI center. So that place does it for them, basically. They go, stay there, train there. And then they put their countries on. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. So that's pretty much where it is. Like if you've got a decent amount of coin mm. and a good amount of grassroots sport in, in, in cycling, yeah. then you're going to be pretty well set off. What's the goal for the 2024 Olympics? What do you... What do, what do you want to do there? I want to win three gold medals. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that ever been done? Yes. yes. By an Aussie? No. Hmm. Oh. No. I mean, I, don't I hope know. not. I don't. I'm pretty sure it hasn't. Right. I'm pretty sure it hasn't. Right. It has by Jason Kenny, British writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Chris did it. Thing is, is back when Chris was writing. Like he obviously raced the 2012 Olympics, which is very similar layout to this Olympics, but a few years pre- previous had the kilo as well, which is a different sprint event at the Olympics and stuff like that. So like the team sprint, sprint and Kieran, I think Jason Kenny, maybe Ryan Bailey's done it, but I don't think so. Right. I don't think we won team sprint. Right. So yeah. So it's, 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 it's on the cards. That's lofty though. Oh, it's lofty. Mm. It's lofty. Like I think it'll end up being seven days of racing in a row right. to try and win all three. So Team sprints, obviously the priority. That's what we come in. That's what we stand like the highest chance of winning. But I think um, over the last couple of years, I've demonstrated that I can contest the uh, sprint and Kieran on a on a serious level. Talk to me about the mindset and mentality around being the best in the world at something. Uh, I can see that you're a big guy. I can see you work hard. I can see you got talent. I, you talk about the technology. Yeah. But what about the mind? Um, do you have, do you have, do you have a, an advantage? Do you have things that you do that you think others don't? Like, talk to me about the mentality. Oh, like on race day or in day to day? Or big question, right? Yeah. Um, I think probably day to day. Yeah. Like, like you are the best at the world at something. Yeah. Um, there has to be a big mental aspect to that. Uh, yeah, I think, like, I love what I do. 
So it doesn't feel very hard to do it hmm. day in, day out. Like as a track sprinter, we, we do have a lot of what we call rest days. So right. most of the time I'm, I'm having about four of them a week. Like, today's one of them. It's pretty good. It's a, Honestly, it's a pretty cruisy sport. It's a pretty cruisy sport. Right. When we train, though, it's like full on. Yes. Like I'll be in gym for three hours and like all of that is like maximum. Right. Same with the track. Right. So it's challenging, but not really. Like it's, I don't know. I enjoy it so much that it, it, hmm. it, it's what I do for my, for a living, but it almost feels like a hobby. Like, I don't know. It just feels like right. I'm just doing what I love and it's fun. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like obviously I'm getting paid to do it, but. I almost don't need to, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's just it's just a fun sport to do. Like, I don't find it a challenge to go train all day and then, like, switch off. Like, I'm happy thinking about cycling all the time if I want to think about cycling all the time or, or not. Like, it's just, life's fun. Like, it's it's good. What about race day then? All right. Race day is, race day is a bit of a different story. Good. Yeah. Race day is a bit of a different story. It's, it's challenging. So it's how, how do you get an edge then, mentally? depends who you are like for me i think staying calm is is big part of it which i think i've got pretty much down to a t like like i said i struggle to eat my breakfast but once 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 i've got the breakfast down i'm away i'm good right um but you're constantly switched on like like commies for example it's 13 races in a day so mm. you start with the qualifying so you, you come in prepared you don't know how it's going to go but you're trying to put your best foot forward in that obviously and when i get nervous my legs actually go like lactic a bit, which obviously does not help performance at all. Right. So that's challenging, trying to stay calm in my flying 200. How do you stay calm? Just breathe. Really? Just relax, just chill. I don't know. You can't just tell yourself <laughs> to chill though. And again, like I'm no cyclist, but I've performed an elite level. Like just saying, oh, let's just relax. Like yeah. that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work. So don't tell me that. Is it, is it music? Is it, do you have, do you use mindfulness techniques? Do you, uh, have focal points are you like reciting poetry like are you like completely off grid like where where are you mentally before us well the only thing i've really worked on because it seems to be the only thing they have an actual problem with is the breakfast so <laughs> i do like a rubik's cube i do, i can't really do a rubik's cube but i'll try and do a rubik's cube as i'm trying to eat my breakfast so my mind is on nothing else other than let's do this rubik's cube you, you and, genuinely and he, have a rubik's cube yeah, yeah i have like a little mini one i won from like time zone once wow so it travels well bit stiff that's great. it's obviously not a competitive one it's pretty stiff right but it it moves right. so yeah and then i'm not on my phone i'm not looking at race results from the day before i'm not seeing some shit comment in in my in my dms or something like that it's yes. it's just um just cube huh yeah that's good. Yeah. I've never so heard that. That's what I've been working on recently wow. because throwing up my breakfast has been a bit of an issue, <laughs> as you can so imagine. Funny. So, um, but then once I get racing, it's like we do it so much that for me, the cue, if it's not chill, is like, you know what you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know what you're doing, just back yourself. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of times, like in a sprint qual, it's hard because all the riders are kind of going before you. Someone might have done a really quick time. Mm. Like, I remember last year at Worlds, Matt Glatzer, my teammate, he went out. And set a national record. Like he went 9.4 seconds in the flying 200. Right. I needed to do like a tenth and a half PB and set a new national record to outqual the guy who just went before me. Right. So I'm like rolling around like, oh, shit, like this is going to be a big one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we really need to pull it out of the bag here. And, yeah. And I delivered. So. And you did it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just. Look at you just roll past it. Yeah. <laughs> and I also did that. You know? <laughs> right. So you, you, you pocketed it. You, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then in between the rounds, then it's different because you're thinking about who you're versing next, what they're going to do. Mm. 
how they might race the race and that sort of thing. So it's it's full on all day. Like you're not switched off. Are you in the middle of the track the yeah. entire time? Yeah, is that racing's going on and like how, I how remember do you get in there. Serious how do you question? get into the track? Yeah, because the velodrome goes under. Like yeah, okay, okay. fair enough. It goes right. under. Yeah, so you there's a passage. You don't like slip, slip, slippery <laughs> side down the velodrome. Just like over the fence, people were racing. No, right underneath. Yeah, right. like you'll walk in. Never knew that. And then there'll be like a tunnel that goes under and pops back out because you field because you watch like like yeah, yeah. How like, do they get other in cyclists there? over here look like at me hundreds like, of people. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. You're just like sitting around in there. So yeah. that's <laughs> like, around. yeah. <laughs> are you are you warming up? Like, what are you doing there? <laughs> like what? Like what are you? Oh, doing a race. There? What do you mean? I know, but like, <laughs> d- like it looks like there's just people in there the entire time. <laughs> yeah, we're all racing. Well, I don't know. Like you're there all day. You're just going back into the I middle know. of the track and sitting around and sit around waiting for the next race. Yeah, yeah. So it's an intense environment. To yeah, be in. you go in there to That's warm up. That's what I mean. Like I yeah. know what you're doing, but yeah. it seems crazy. Like I remember at commies, I've gone to three with a guy from Malaysia. So when I say gone to three, it was it was the quarters. It's best out of three. Right. Won the first, lost the second. Absolutely cooked it. But anyway, went to three. Yes. There's a scratch race on before me, which is an endurance event. So that's just like I think it was sixty laps. Got like a, they're like firing guns and stuff all the time in that one. When like yeah, people, people like, crash. Yeah. Anyway, and then there's like this six-person crash. They go over the fence, hit some spectators. Like it's chaos. Wow. And I'm like sitting there like trying to focus on my race. I'm not important here. Like the crash is definitely important. Yes. Obviously, those people are getting hurt. But yeah. like just the environment is just insane. You know right. what I mean? Someone might do something sick. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there's a guy called Filippo Gano might set some new IP world record or something crazy. Right. And you're just sitting there or I might watch my partner race. Or something like that. You huh. know what I mean? So it's oh, you got the added. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just an intense environment to be in. And I think it seems quite wild, but I've done it so many times that it just it's just that's just race day. Mm. You know what I mean? That's just where I am, how it is. Um, music is good. Music is good. Obviously, you got the commentators and the crowd and everything's going on all the time and it's just a lot of head noise. So music is definitely a key part of my routine, especially in warm up. Yes. Get some good bangers on. Is that is um, that what we're talking? Oh like, yeah, some like good shit. Like I start like, like, like grunting a little bit. Like, just getting fired up. Just getting real fired up. Southern River Band type areas. Or are we talking like uh, some big drops, like some sort of house type areas? Nah, I like a bit of like old school rock. Oh, yeah. Southern River Band. The guys, I don't know. Southern River Band, local boys. I'll yeah. I'll send you some after All this. Right. We'll get you sorted. All right, sweet. Uh, have you have you had many big stacks? Like, there's a lot of you know. <laughs> You're a casual, cool, calm guy and yeah. you're talking yourself down and all this, but it's a dangerous sport. Yeah. Have you had any big prangs or? I actually. Do we have to touch wood? For- yeah, touch sure. wood. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I haven't actually had a really big one. I've come down. I was actually thinking about this last night. I was watching your. your um, this will be good. <laughs> I was watching your hilarious video, by the way, but I was Thank watching you. your um, review on Grand Final. Right. Only full game of footy I've ever watched. Oh, 28. Not live as well. Is that right? Yeah. So that's kind of wild. But you've never watched any other games of football other than that game? Not li- apart from live. Apart from obviously, I'm not going to leave halfway through. All right. So I'll, I'll finish it. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? Yes. But not live. I was in the pub down at Inaloo. Right. Watched you. Phenomenal. Enjoyed athlete. that? Yeah. What's the segue here? Um, You doing the review. <laughs> All right, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. You doing the review on your game and you were like selling people the dummy and stuff yeah. like that. So I did that actually with Nicholas Paul, the guy from Trinidad and Tobago to World Cup last year. So I've sold him the dummy underneath. Right. Broken his ankles on the bike. He yes. stacked it and I've just gone over him. So I've just, I've had nowhere to go. So I've just hit him and then crashed as well, landed oh. on him luckily. But yeah, 
So that was my last time I crashed. Wow. Yeah. So I've, it's never happened before breaking someone's ankles on the track. Yes. Until that moment. He's looking left, looking right. I've gone up, gone down, and he's just stacked it. Wow. Yeah. And does everyone know, like, does everyone, is that like a bit of a poster moment in basketball or like a scoey moment left and right? Because <laughs> nah, it never like, happens. Oh, you fucked that guy up. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my teammates were like, oh, that's kind of funny, but yeah, right. just bamboozled the bloke. But right. um, yeah, so that was the last time I crashed, but nothing wrong. But a lot of bad crashes happen. Like, you slide a long way. Like, if you come off at 80K an hour, you're sliding all the way down the home straight or, or one of the straights, picking yes. up a lot of splinters. You then obviously go onto the concrete, which then burns as well, and you lose a lot of skin. And I crashed. Um, my worst crash is probably racing outdoors. It's like a concrete track. Oh, like a bitumen type? Yeah, of- it's grim. Wow. It shredded me. There's a photo on my gram of me as I, like, hit the deck, and you can see it's, like, my shoulder's gone, and I'm, like, already in pain, and, like, my bike's flying everywhere. And that was a Kieran. Wow. Yeah, so that was grim. But you just lose a lot of skin. Luckily, I've never broken any bones, like I said before. But- is, is everyone on the same bikes? No, no, this is where the technology comes into it. So right. bikes make a decent amount of difference in speed, aerodynamics, stiffness, weight, mm. all that sort of thing. So there are like legal requirements on how, what sort of shape it can be and that sort of thing and how, how heavy or light it can be. Is there um, like, um, you know, is there like heavy scrutiny and potential yeah. like controversy around like bike yeah. equipment? Yeah, a lot of the time, a lot of the Olympic cycles, that's when all the equipment comes out because obviously the Olympics is like the peak of uh, – Right, they the do like a for big, everyone. like, hey, here's our Olympic here's bike. Our shit. Like, yeah, and now it actually happens at the World Championships before the Olympics start. Because what was happening is the Brits would rock up the Olympics with rocket ship bikes and it didn't really give anyone else the opportunity to kind of get on terms with it. So you have to release all your equipment the year before. Oh, there's rules. There's rules now, mm. yeah. And then you can buy it. It has to be for sale and all this sort of stuff. Obviously, they put it up for 150 grand, but... It's still so how much they cost? Uh, some of them, I think, one of the Malaysians bikes is about 150k for the frame. Yeah, really, something like that. It's nuts. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. mate. Fleet Network, shout out if you like. <laughs> you, you could buy three or four, five cars with that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I did yeah. not realize that at all. Yeah. So, no one rides the same bike pretty much. Wow. I like I like us and the Canadians ride the same bike and. A few other nations have bought our bikes, which is the Argon 18. Um, is that just a race day bike? Like, nah, are you rolling nah. around that? Yeah. I'll get, I'll get brand new one for the Olympics. Yes. Like, brand new, light as possible, like, freshy, good paint. Um, wow. But, back, yeah. Back just, chat logo. Yeah. Yeah, back chat logo <laughs> on the frame for the Olympics. No. Might, might be a, sketchy. Yeah, a bit sketchy on that one. Um, but, yeah, so – like I said before, the technology that goes into the sport, the, the, a big thing, like it might not seem that obvious, but a big thing is actually your skin suit. Right. So the biggest thing slowing you down is you. Like you're punching the hole in the wind. Like the bike is only worth 10% of the drag. Mm, that right? makes sense. So then if you change 1% on the bike, if you get a 1% gain right. on the bike, or sorry, a 10% gain on the bike, which seems like a lot, it's mm. actually a 1% gain in the overall drag which is like nothing. So you guys do heavy testing, like testing suits? A lot of aero testing, a lot of wind tunnel testing, suits, material, like all that sort of stuff. So um, the first thing you try and optimize is your position. So getting as low, as narrow as possible on the bike. We're not riding all up here wide, Mm. high and stuff like that. We're we're getting all tucked in nice and low. Um, And then second to that is, is what you're actually wearing, the helmet you've got on, all that sort of stuff. Yes. The shoes you've got, the socks you've got. Shave legs, like all that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. 
I thought the shaved legs was to like the crash like aftermath. That, that's a bit of it, but it's actually worth a lot. Really? Yeah, a lot of people were like, <laughs> like, can't be worth anything. Look at that bloke. Nah. <laughs> it's worth like 40 seconds over like shaved like legs. Quite a few K, yeah. Really? Yeah, they yeah they tested in the tunnel and it's it's legit. Is this it's something legit. cyclists are rolling out or is this legit? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's legit. Wow. Obviously, cyclists are rolling it out, but it's legit. Yeah, see, like that's crazy. I think like um to have that sort of advantage with like little things like yeah. that. But it's expensive. Like skin suits can cost north of five grand. So is it is it financial the sport? Like we speak to a Big lot of time. people doing Olympic sport. Like yeah, you making money being like a full time cyclist? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get paid. Got heaps of cash, bro. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, it's not like that. No, but, but like yeah. I get paid to ride, obviously, yes. like enough to comfortably live off. And is there uh, is that through sponsorship? Is that through winning comps? Like, well, how do you make money riding? Yeah, so um, until recently, it's just been um, we get a bit from like Cycling Australia or, or Cycling as they're called now, but um, we get a bit from them, and then a lot of it is dependent on how you how how good you are, basically. So. There'll be one target event each year. So if it's uh, Commonwealth Games year, it's that. If it's the Olympics year, it's that. And if it's not, then it's the World Championships that year. So depending how good you do, there's different tiers of funding, basically. Mm. So if you're the best, you get paid the maximum. And if you're kind of further down, then you don't get paid as much. And if you're- So it pays to be fast. So yeah, it's 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 really how good you are. Yeah. Yeah. And then now with the UCI Track Champions League, there's um, extra, extra pool of funding for that, like- Winning it last year basically doubled my yearly salary. Right. And it was just four weekends. So that's why I like to race that quite often. But um, <laughs> it's like yeah. the IPL, yeah. cricket. Like- and then with the Kieran as well, there's it's quite tra- traditional in Japan. Yeah. Not quite. It's very traditional in Japan. And it's, mm. a, it's a betting sport over there. So there's a lot of money. Like I think the G1 Kieran, which is like the top, top tier boys grand final, they get like a million US. Yeah. For winning that like all, all the japanese so guys like would you do that like is that something yeah so you can actually get invited they, they take they haven't been recently because of covid and they're trying to restart they it up international again international invites they have international invites six guys and they race like c grade i think it is so that's something that's definitely on the bucket list it'll be sick and you all race the same bike and it's right. like standardized equipment and you you look like jockeys basically you've got like different colors on with a number and a weird looking helmet and that sort of thing there'd be like guys that um specialize in kieran racing in japan yes there's guys that do it for like their job like they're just like yeah this is my nine to five like they're having a fag before the race and you know what i mean like right. they're, yeah they just rock up and have a cigarette and then oh this go is race like, their bike yeah, this is like they're like 45 years old 50 years old like they're lower down, but they're just treating this like nine to five. It's awesome. Get me to Japan. I know. It's sick. Wow. Such a Japanese thing as well. Just so something even, real niche. So even when you're done and dusted here, yeah. you're off to Tokyo, wherever they race. And- well, I'll do it even when I'm not done and dusted. Great. Like if I get an invite, I'm there. Great. It's like you spend like six months there. Just living in Japan, racing Kirin's a couple of months, earning some coin. Right, I reckon we've had a good 101 with cycling, with your career. Um, I'm excited to sort of follow your journey, especially over the next 12 months. But um, I think we've got a bit of a long-term relationship building here, mate. I'm, I think we should definitely revisit this. Yeah. A little closer, some big events. Yeah, for um, sure. Again, get some more back chat logos across your quaddies, across <laughs> your chest. But uh, I appreciate the chat. Have you had a bit of fun? Yeah, it's been good. Not, not too intimidating. Nah, we nah, real good. We didn't have to do the history of the AFL. He <laughs> said you're a bit worried about going through some AFL stats. Just like name dropping. I'm just like, uh, yeah. all right. So what's this, what's this? Um, what's this finish? No, who is it? Harry. Yeah, is that that's Harry the Racing? Right, okay.
Fuck you, Harry. <laughs> uh, Matthew Richardson of the Cycling Variety. That's back chat done and dusted. I usually hand over to Dan here for social media, but it kind of makes more sense that I'm reading this out. Not social, social. You've heard enough from me. It's time to hear from the people. Okay. We've got questions from the crowd for you here. We got some. I saw you. Oh, we got, we got plenty, mate. Oh, nice. Everyone always, oh, we got some. Wait, we got their stories as well. <laughs> I saw you on there replying to some of them. Yeah, I replied to one of it's them. A big, it's a big no no. It's a big no no. Because now I can't ask you because I know the answer. Uh, was, I only replied to one. I replied it was, to one. It was, uh, what sort of hood burger was your, was your yeah, order, right? I'm going there tonight. So that's, yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Do you get free hood burger? No. Okay. Do you get free anything? Shout out Pedal Mafia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Propolex asks, how did you get such big quads? Gym, squats. Right. Yeah, lots of gym. Like lots, so much. Yeah. Like think about a lot of gym and then double it. Right. Yeah, at right. least. Like what are you squatting? It. What, how much do you squat? I can right? squat 240. Right. It's, yeah. quite, it's quite a lot of weight. Yeah. So I weigh 110 at the moment, uh, a little bit more than my playing weight. Uh, you can do me two and a bit times. Yeah. Whew. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, are, you, are you squatting the most out of? I don't know, like your the world. Your, no. <laughs> I mean, like your fun so- fact: world champion squatter. No, <laughs> like uh, the, your cycling crew, like the yeah, yeah, okay. Which yeah, I'm also the lightest, so it's it's good for the power to weight. It's it's good for power on the bike. Yeah. Okay, you want big quads? Start squatting. Yeah. Lockie J Hines is your ultimate goal in life to become more famous than the <laughs> AFL Matthew Richardson. He's my old Does gym this come gym. up a bit? He's sure. my old gym coach. Oh, it came up so much. Like when I first came to Australia, obviously no idea what AFL was or anything. Oh, yeah. And he might have still been, 2010, what? 2009, he would have still been. Yeah, yeah. he was playing and yeah. playing well. Yeah. And then TV was on in the background. They're like, Matthew Richardson. And we were just like, what? <laughs> it wasn't me, obviously. <laughs> Nine-year-old me was like, what? <laughs> that's me Matthew Richardson moves to Australia incredible no like I mean you've got the ultimate like you know like how many world champs you got Matthew Richardson <laughs> like you could put that in front of him yeah. he's never won he's never won a premiership either yeah. so you've got some medallions fighting around I'm, I may get him I may get him you yeah. never know he's got you on the fame stage yeah right now, like you google Matthew Richardson he comes up you got a right yeah. cyclist you got a right ah no it's grim I reckon we should, uh, we, we should I go to the post office collect a parcel they're like I like the footy player. I'm just like, yeah, man. <laughs> have you had have you, like? I want I want Matthew Richardson, the football player, to go into the post office and they go like the cyclist. That would be goals. That would be absolute life <laughs> goals because it sounds like people have been disappointed to see you. They're like, uh, yeah, thought, like I Matthew Richardson coming in, they see the package, like what? So our producer <laughs> on the show, he had Nick. Uh, for those listening, the guy didn't press record for the uh, Hello Sport uh, interview. Nick, I, I just said, Matty Richardson confirmed uh, Thursday. <laughs> so he only joined us this year. We interviewed the the poorer Matt Richardson uh, <laughs> last year. And he's a massive old school footy fan. And yeah. he was like, fuck yeah, wrote this big list through of all these questions. Yeah. I said, Matthew Richardson, the cyclist. <laughs> and he was like, no, he was actually excited. He <laughs> okay. was. Okay, I was excited too. Okay. And I have been thoroughly um, – Fulfilled. Lockie Allen, how many deadlift backflips can you do? Zero? No, I can I can do them. What's a deadlift You clearly haven't been on the gram. It's like oh, fifth video uh, down. Indy did show me you jumping onto like a seven-story building. <laughs> What's a deadlift backflip? So I, I do a backflip. Like I, I deadlift the bar up like a deadlift. Yep. And then I do a backflip with it. With the bar? In my hands, yeah. So like 
yeah. like power with yeah. how much weight's on it? It was 20 kilos. So the bar. Well, it was a 15 kilo bar with. I mean, look, I'm not trying to talk about it. <laughs> so a lot of people were like, oh, that wasn't 70 kilos because it looks like 70. And I'm just like, wow. that's so impossible. So to is be the answer one? 70 kilos. Lockie Allen, how many did? Well, I, I did about 10 that day. In I've done row. probably about 15 in my life. Would you be able to do two in a row? Yeah. Kel, any chance <laughs> of a weightlifting career when you're done? Not a weight nah, my body will be done. So many, so much weight has gone through the spine that I think it will, it will have had enough. Yes. By the time the I'm gym uh, sucks. retired, I don't know how you do it. I hate it's the gym. it's kind of grim. Um, Ness asks, do you have any uh, bad food habits apart from throwing up? Race? <laughs> um, what's your bad habit? Oh, I don't know. Probably eating burgers. Yeah, I was going to say. For dinner yes. tonight. That's probably not a good habit. It doesn't sound like you've got to be like on a salad lean diet here. Like, Coming into comp, I yes. do. Because power to weight. Got to lean up. Right. But at the moment, I'm trying to gain as much mass as possible. Right. So. so large chips. So hood burgers are right. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, this is a great way to finish then. The way we finish every episode. Tappy, how do you like the eggs? The egg man. How do you like the eggs? Poached. Poached? On avo. Toast. Is that right? Yeah, a bit of salt and pepper. Okay. Very yeah, good. A bit of lime. Delicious. Delicious. Socials, backchat, double underscore. You know where to find us. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au is our email. All of the good stuff is over at backchatstudios.com.au. A big thank you to our sponsors. Fleet Network, powering the podcast this year. Swimply, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margaret River Roasting Co., Blue Bet, Shelter Brewing Co., Leadable Cameras, Mumba Digital. Little shout out, Pipe Pedal Mafia. You got anyone else you want to shout out? You can shout some of your sponsors out if you like. Shout out Bellabike. There you go. Yeah. What's up, Bellabike? Uh, that is us done and dusted. Matthew Richardson. Good luck, mate. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.